Hello and welcome to the Rethink Energy podcast. We're the Rethink Energy team. We uh, talk about the technology behind this week's energy news. I'm editor Peter White and we've got with us solar analyst Andres Fontenar. Hello there. Our hydrogen analyst Bogdan Avramuta. Hello everybody. And our EV analyst Connor Watts. Hi. As well as our product manager Simon Thompson. Hello, hi. Everything you hear today is based on stories we've written in last night's issue of Rethink Energy. Um, It's a free weekly issue. You can sign up at our website www.rethinkresearch.biz and if you just click on energy when you're there, you'll find yourself reading the free publication. Uh, On this week's podcast, uh, we're going to discuss a new report from Rethink Energy, which shows conclusively that everywhere except for perhaps the US, is headed for an LFP-based battery world in electric vehicles, and even the US is heading halfway down that track. We hear about a bold plan for Germany to merge four transmission operators to help eliminate delays in connections for renewables. And we look at yet another hydrogen master plan, this one in Chile, aiming at generating three gigawatts of ammonia. Finally, Simon will ask questions about one or two of the short items uh, that we've published um, deeper in the publication. So first, we're going to go to Connor and look at our new report on battery moral materials. Connor, tell us about it. Yes. So the distribution of battery chemistries and how that's going to change over the next nine, ten years is going to be incredibly important to the supply chains that are then feeding the battery manufacturing industry. And what we've seen through China, primarily, is that LFP is both far, far simpler to set up a supply chain for, and the technological drawbacks of it are almost entirely mitigated by progressions that we're already seeing in Europe and North America, the proliferation of charging infrastructure, for instance. There's also technological innovations upon LFP towards LMFP that solve some of the issues that we see with LFP, namely energy density and thermal operability. So I was talking with a nickel supplier recently about one of the issues with LFP being if you're in a very, very cold region, then you might get 60% of the battery usage on a very, very cold day, which isn't good. One of the benefits to LMFP is that you have much better thermal operating ranges in the battery, which largely addresses this concern. Okay, so, so everyone's still staying on lithium-ion batteries for electric vehicles. Uh, LFP, as I remember it, is slightly less energy dense than uh, NMC. Is that a problem? It is in North America. That's why it's a bit slower. But in China, that's not a problem whatsoever. In Europe, it's... Why is it not a problem Europe's in China? Europe's somewhere in the middle. Phenomenal. Because China's very, very happy to go to, more, to go to the more utilitarian route for small batteries, city commuters, very, very small cars. Short, shorter range. Shorter range. They drive less. Yes, exactly. They have no need to drive more like you would in the US. So China has quite impressive public transport networks in between large urban areas. You can't say the same for the US. You can say the same for Europe, which then largely mitigates the need for excessive driving ranges. And as such, we can expect Europe to be on a similar wavelength as China when it comes to battery requirements. Okay, so, so we're definitely seeing these changes. We're seeing, we're seeing people adopting them. I mean, yes. didn't, didn't we say last week that Ford was adopting LFP, even in the yes. US? Yes, lots of this, yes, lots of this is down to policy. 
So the IRA does not include intellectual property within its entity of concern legislation. Ford has been in conversation with the Department of Commerce to establish that should Ford import, uh, well, should Ford manufacture batteries using CATL's LFP IP, they will be able to achieve half subsidy of the 7,500 USD tax credit for the production of cars with that battery, as long as they produce it in Michigan, as they plan. Yeah, but it's going to lower the price of the car in the first place, isn't it, using NF? Oh, significantly, yes. Especially, this isn't entirely relevant, but it's in China, my other story today, or yesterday even, was that CATL is taking a hit to its lithium carbonate prices that it's giving to its customers in exchange for near exclusivity of demand. Lithium prices, lithium carbonate spot prices even, have fallen from highs in November of about 600,000 yuan, which at the time was 86,000 USD, down to about 400,000 yuan as of right now. And CATL is having its customers pay 200,000 yuan over the next three years if they agree to buy 80% of their battery demand from CATL. So it's... So it's fixing a very low price onto the market. Very low is relative. Okay. The cost of producing lithium carbonate is roughly 7,500 USD, okay. which is about 50,000 USD. They're making a lot of money, yeah, okay. They're making 300% on top of costs. Connor, just to get back to what you were saying at the beginning um, about LFP charging in cold climates, in you know extreme colds, you know, minus 10 or, or what, I don't know what, what the cutoff is, but isn't that a, a big concern? It is as of right now, but it's more so a concern with regards to North American usage, where you have wild swings in between states of what the temperature is going to be. It's not as much of an issue in Europe or in China, where it's more temperature, well, it's more temperate, or at least more reliable. And Mm -hmm. there are technical innovations, I think me and Peter were talking about um, putting like a nickel plate in it and heating that up Mm. beforehand. And there's ways to address it, specifically... China and battery companies within China have been looking at LMFP for a while. Adding manganese to this largely addresses the issues with temperature. So in extreme cold, it retains the level of efficiency it would have at a room temperature, or a bit higher than that if that's optimal. So that's on its way to being fixed technologically, as we expect LMFP to enter production, to enter mass production from CATL and BYD at the end of this year. There's a number of other things that are going to be changing over the next four or five years, which I think are all highlighted in this report. Um, the um, We're going to lose the range anxiety as more and more um, charge points go in. And every government in the world is saying they're going to subsidise uh, charge points. But America are going to install 500,000 uh, uh, public charge points. As that happens, pe- people will make cars with half the battery in them and the range issue will go away. I don't think people can picture that because they're still using it as an objection to electric vehicles. But as soon as that arrives, we're in a different world. We're in a cheaper car market. We're in a a much more fluid battery market. Yeah, exactly. One of the other things I was talking about with this nickel producer was that as things like that are introduced, what are the priorities for customers when it comes to looking at EVs? So range is first and foremost at the moment but that's because we're in a kind of we're in a luxury market where people are getting into it because they want to get into it not because they need to you don't have the kind of utilitarians within the us that are looking at evs and thinking yes that's good value for money 
it's not at that stage yet. But as charging infrastructure proliferates, as batteries are able to get smaller, EVs will be on cost parity with purchasing a new internal combustion engine vehicle, at which point the lower mileage-based costs will make them more competitive to own in the long run, not to mention the increased reliability. Yeah, interestingly, the, there's a Tesla um, um, investor day coming up any moment, and uh, everyone's anticipating. It was last night. Oh, it was last night. Okay, well, I haven't um, listened to it yet, but everyone was anticipating uh, a cheap Tesla coming out of that. Did it? No new vehicle. No okay. new vehicle. Uh, <laughs> Tesla day. It was. They very much reiterated past achievements, and there wasn't that much to it. Okay. All right. Well, that's a, that, that's that's. It was a disappointment. I, I think that shares are down five percent. Disappointment. Yeah. As is customary with any kind of investor day with Tesla. Okay, so this is a, this is like a thirty-five page report. Um, it tracks all of the raw materials used in any type of battery. Looks at their likely uh, near-term and long-term uh, cost uh, variation. And it does conclude pretty much um, something that we always suspected, that, that the, the idea that the world's going to run out of battery raw materials, um, just that's just not going to happen. Um, but we are going to see some variation in which batteries are manufactured in which volumes. Um, Colin's done a great job on it. And if you want to look at that report, you go to our website, rethinkresearch.biz, you click on energy, but you go to forecast and data tab, and that's the paid section of our website, and you have to pay to come in, but you can register your interest there. Uh, meanwhile, we'll go on to um, the, the next story, um, which is uh, Germany. There's, there's this idea that its four transmission operators um, will all merge, and somehow that will kind of all go in one spending pot, and everyone, everything will start to... Un, unfreeze in the in the transmission market. Andres, you wrote about this. Why did you choose to write about that? Well, actually, I was I wanted to just write about the German grid as sort of an example of a country that is increasing its renewable energy investments uh, and its project developments. And uh, you know, what's it doing? Like, what's it doing now? How, how how much investment does it have to put into its grid? And then, as it just happened to it just happened to be the case that this week. Um, there's this news floating around that they're, um, the, the German government wants to unite its four high-voltage grid operators uh, precisely for that kind of purpose, uh, as well as increasing uh, connectivity between the, uh, the wind power in the north and the uh, heavy uh, demand in the south. So it, um, it reminds me of this article I wrote uh, perhaps a, a month ago or two months about the US. Um, I can't quite remember what the topic of that one was but i ended up saying well the, clearly the us should just have a national grid where um the best wind is from that column uh, just just to the east of the um, colorado yeah. Yeah. and uh, the best solar is from the south so you need so clearly there should be a t-shaped grid um that unites at texas but actually texas is a se totally separate almost completely separate grid it even has its own very special power cuts uh, and and we came to the conclusion that um, the, the federal nature, the federated nature of the US wouldn't be changed as far as its grid is concerned. I actually do think that there might be a Western regional transmission operator uh, centered around California. That might come into being quite soon. Quite a few people are talking about it. Uh, NREL advocated it this week. So, so in Germany, though, they are 
changing it. They're changing this um, split up high voltage grid. And by the way, Tenet, uh, the biggest one in terms of coverage in, in Germany, also deals with um, the, the Dutch grid and it's actually a Dutch company. And this is uh, the result of a sort of privatization that Ang Angela Merkel did one or two in the past couple of decades. So, so they're, they're actually going to force a, a national vision on it. And, and Germany by, in, in general is, is quite a federated state, probably more so than most countries in Europe, for sure. Now, what's actually going to happen is hasn't been decided quite yet. I think for certain that the German government will buy minority stakes in these companies so that they can push investment. It, it, part of this is not necessarily an overarching strategy. Um, it, well, that is part of it. But another part is simply there's more, much more renewables being built. It's probably doubling or tripling or doubling for three years in a row or whatever, which is not hard from a Actually, it is quite hard because it was it never was it was never a small market for solar. That's for sure. Um, so partly they just need to push more government spending into this. And obviously, Tenet uh, is not going to be funded by the Dutch government for um, German grid upgrades. So it should be something that the German government is overseeing. And uh, you know, ten the Tenet acquisition has been mooted at something like twenty billion dollars, and the others would probably add up to uh, more than that. So it, it's certainly big news. It's a lot of money. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. it's. It, I mean, it's typical of Germany. People will have a view of Germany, but what we see in the energy market is, um, its leadership is dynamic and takes on problems and gets the job done. And and even if it it needs a lot of money, uh, they're not frightened of spending it. I mean, when when we were looking at the the plan to get rid of coal by twenty thirty eight. Coal companies, coal utilities were being uh, compensated. Um, the miners were being retrained. It, there was it was all part of a central whole, and they all, everyone bought into it. Um, I, I don't want to say that Germany is a, a better run company than most of Europe, but it is a bit bolder when it comes to the energy decisions. Okay, I mean, uh, let, we'll have to keep on that because we don't know this story is one hundred percent true. All we know is that a number of sources have, have reported rumours and that um, it might be a merger. There, there is some public acknowledgement that something is going on. Something's going on. And, but, that, but, and that there uh, are talks. I mean, there are talks between the Dutch and German governments, for example, but we don't know where it will end up. I remember a story 20 years ago that a certain uh, company was being acquired by the government, and it turned out it was from a document uh, doing the rounds where it was one of six possibilities, and it never happened. Um, but people um, <laughs> leak it because it, it, it changes the share price. So you have to be careful... Um, when there are some public companies involved, because people do leak stuff to change share prices to make a bit of money. Um, and so, you know, there's something going on, some kind of reorganisation with uh, the German government at, at its heart. Uh, it will become public knowledge over the coming months, I, I would think. Okay, but it could be a good leadership role and other people in Europe um, may borrow it and uh, and learn from it and copy the plan. Um, hydrogen and, and thanks to the North Sea. Thanks to the North Sea, they'll also some of them will be plugging into it directly Absolutely. because they want to build interconnection through. Yeah, it's another thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in our APE report, we were talking about um, about Norway becoming a kind of uh, energy superpower based on um, it selling um, offshore wind it, uh, energy into Germany, and it needs a grid um, grid capacity to do that. So you know, it, it will certainly uh, accommodate all of those things. Um, I mean, to put it bluntly, Germany's onshore solar conditions are just poor, um, and its onshore wind is probably nothing special. So it's really offshore wind is the only 
like powerful option they have um, to to really power everything. Um, so it's no wonder that you'll end up having the future grid uh, between all these North Sea nations also go through the wind farms, which is another thing that was progressed in in this month, well in February. When people look at a grid, a picture, a map of Germany, they find not very much sea uh, from, from Germany, which is why the surrounding companies sense that this is their opportunity to sell sell them uh, sell Germany. But on on that point, Energy Island in the North Sea will will play a big part because if any any new wind farms in Norway that we expect to be developed can just link to the to the Energy Island, and then that's going to be already linked to the German grid, so all falls into place. I would think it's all part of this master plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, it's great that we're hearing leaks about a plan as opposed to America, where we've seen billions of dollars available for people to build transmission, but we haven't seen much in the way of plans. We've seen a couple of the uh, regional transmission operators um, announcing reasonably grand plans, but not anything on a national scale for America. Um, we're going to move on. Um, Bogdan, I, I know it's you know another day, another hydrogen um, hub, but uh, this one's in Chile, and we know that Chile has the same kind of combination: a great sun and and in the south, great wind um, to be driving a hydrogen revolution. Yes, certainly, we've been banging the drum about Chile for a while now. Um, they only have about twenty megawatts of hydrogen generation capacity. Obviously, it's not a lot, but they do have about 18 gigawatts, including this um, new three gigawatt uh, ammonia plant that I wrote about. So they have an 18 gigawatt plant uh, pipeline um, that's um, expected to to become available in stages from 2025 onwards, um, and most likely more projects will will be announced this year and next year. So that's only going to grow grow bigger and bigger. Um, but yeah, the, the news was basically that this three gigawatts ammonia project um, that's going to um, be built in the south of the country uh, has basically received about twenty million dollars to move on. But that's um, not a lot the, of money, uh, is it? Yeah, it's not a lot. Of no, money. no, no. This is just uh, it's basically going to be used to cover the cost for uh, pre-construction and uh, environmental assessments and permitting and and things like that. So. It's just moving the um, the wheels along. Do you, do you know um, who's put that money up and, and who's who's spending it? So the money is partly um, brought forward by CCC, which is a Middle Eastern um, investor, um, and then the joint venture that will uh, build and own. Um, the the plant is between uh, transitional energy group and hive energy which is a uk-based uh, renewable developer what's so special about chile why why is why are we banging the drum for it well it's got chile's got like, like peter said both solar and wind resources um it's got um some deserty areas i believe uh towards the north and center of the country the Yes, that's also where all the lithium is. Yes, and and lots of copper, and it's a mm. huge source of yes, powder exactly. demand. I think it might be over a quarter of the national powder demand, or even more. But I don't want to sound silly by They're saying they're the largest producer more. of copper in the world as well. Yeah. So there's and and the thing is, 
the lithium demand is going up, obviously, so is copper. So that mining power demand is going to go up a lot. And what's it going to be served by other than obviously lots of solar with some wind uh, and even some CSP? Actually. Yeah, they're um, minerally blessed and, just, and environmentally blessed. I think And if you're doing all of that, if you've got all of these uh, investment company, well, uh, project developers active in the country anyway, um, maybe you can become one of the massive um, utility scale hydrogen exporters of the future, like Australia. I think think that's got to be a natural. We've had had a few uh, interviews with clients talking about, uh, and them picking our brains on whether we think that's a possibility. And we're just telling them, yes, you've got to go for it. Absolutely. And, and they're getting into detail planning of, of, well, how do you get the hydrogen to the world that needs it? You know, because if you have to stick it on a ship and send it from Chile to Europe, that's, that's another proposition. There was even a Chilean government uh, suggestion of building a transmission line, rather like Sun Cable, um, to, to supply renewable energy from Chile all the way to Japan. But uh, obviously that's a bit silly. Um, that really is silly. That's one long way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do a nineteen thousand mile cable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nah, we, we, the world's aghast that someone's thinking of doing a three thousand mile long cable, uh, power cable. So you know, nineteen is just it's a, it's a different world, and the economics won't stack up. I mean, it's, I, without even looking at that, it's. You can see that's not true. I mean, that, that is the problem. People need detailed answers. They need time to plan. They need time to look for partners. Um, all of this seems to be going on. Everyone's been, we're not the only people pointing, you know, that, that realise that it's got great sun and great wind. Um, everyone's, and, it, and it's a, got a relatively poor population. So it, everyone else is pointing to it. They must be mid-plan. Um, it's, it's good to see that they're actually um, doing something more concrete in, uh, in, in hydrogen already. But um, I'm sure that's just going to open up. Simon, uh, have you got any questions for us from the shorter articles that uh, ran in the issue? Well, yeah, in in the world of renewables this week section. So there was an item from a company called Raptor Maps, uh, which is a seller of solar life cycle management software. And it concluded that the global solar industry had incurred a 3% loss in output last year in 2022. But that kind of contradicts what certainly what, what we were saying. Sorry, about... I, I, didn't complete, I didn't complete that sentence while I was writing it. I, I, this is supposed to be a, a uh, compact um, version of the news, and I'm afraid it was so compact in this case that it, it should have said incurred a three percent loss in output due to anomalies, basically flaws okay. or degradation, um, okay. you know, problems that have to be fixed. Whether it's cleaning or just correcting uh, uh, electronics or replacing damaged modules, that kind of thing. Um, I see. And this is this sort of long term thing affects the value of the investment in, in a project. So it's something that becomes proportionally a lot more important as the whole industry becomes far bigger. So, so just to change the, the the topic as well, I haven't seen an awful lot in Rethink Energy about um, uh, use use of hydrogen and especially um, transport and uh, trucking, buses and so on. And it's like waiting for the the seventy three bus. Nothing happens, and then all of a sudden we've got three um, items about uh, shipments of hydrogen heavy duty vehicles. So. Um, 
I think something like the city of Aberdeen, for example, in Scotland has 35 hydrogen buses. Is that, are they buses? Oh, no, vehicle, heavy, oh, tippers and truckers. I think it so, was utility vehicles, utility. So garbage trucks and, and things like that. So just about the shipping of hydrogen heavy duty vehicles, is that on track to our, we forecast this, well, is a couple of years ago, 18 months ago? Is everything on track with with that? I mean, a lot of companies are, are definitely pursuing fairly large vehicles being electric. And some of that makes sense. So um, where, where you've got um, plenty of time to recharge a battery, like in a school bus, um, which sits idle for most of the day, um, you're seeing you know, everything going battery uh, that route. Um, in, um, in some... Uh, routes for trucks. We're seeing um, we're seeing short short range uh, trucking, which is very predictable on some kind of circular route, um, going down the electric market. But the Class Eight uh, shipping a lot of stuff from uh, right the way across large countries um, is definitely still going into uh, down the hydrogen route, and that's always where it was going to start. Um, as the fuel cells become cheaper, as more and more gets used, and, and there's some of the puzzles of how to store the hydrogen in, in on the truck um, get solved. I think we'll see that come down to class seven, class six, and then eventually all the way down to pickups. But but that's going to be a long journey as the price of hydrogen falls. So yeah, I think it is on track, and I think we see uh, we see um, stuff about it every week. I mean, there was a, a forklift um, being. Um, made in this week's uh you know loop energy is gonna put put the the fuel hydrogen fuel cells for a, a wiggins lift company forklift well great um but we also know forklifts that are running on um on battery one of the important things about forklifts is they don't set fire to your warehouse so um we we know that uh um that there are large retailers who use electric batteries but they're specially designed and therefore cost a lot more so you you know it's a random area forklifts it's not likely that, that all forklifts will go hydrogen but some are this week so yeah and, and and large trucks trains makes no sense whatsoever to replace diesel trains um with uh well you can replace with electric but not with a battery electric and there are some lines that just don't suit electrification so 40% of Europe's um, railway lines are uh, kind of stuck on diesel. And, and so we know that most of those, in, in terms of thousands of locomotives, are being adapted for hydrogen. But yeah, all, yeah that, that, that large something. I mean, there, is, there are non-believers out there who say hydrogen is rubbish um, because Elon Musk said it was. And they say none of this works, none of it's logical, it's against the laws of physics. Um, basically, they're just wrong. <laughs> Okay, so all the stories here um, and more, quite a lot more actually, are, are on the website. You go and read the issue while you're there. Um, sign up for it. We'll send it to you via email. Um, we will pester you then to buy our um, one or other or many of our reports, which are paid for. Um, we do the newsletter purely so you understand that we understand the renewable energy markets. Um, and with that, I think we're going to sign off for the week. And we'll hopefully see you all or hear you all again next week. Bye for now.